Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. It is Wednesday, which means it's time for the front three with me, Adam Bowe, with the one and only Lawrence McKenna. Good evening. And of course, Dave O'Brien. Hello, hello, hello. Guys, Portugal are through to the Euro 2016 final. They ended Wales Fairy Tale tonight, winning 2 0. Uh, me and Dave are obviously covering it on TFR Live tonight. Dave, what did you make of the game? It was good. A very, very good game. I, I quite enjoyed it. You know, it was getting beaten by people. People were beating the game for being rubbish. But I think tactically it was very interesting. It was sort of a, you know, a, a Serie A game from the last few years where it was a 4-4-2 diamond up against a 3-5-2 with Wales. But the, the, the big problem with Wales, you know, I mentioned it on the preview before, is playing that back three instead of playing a back four. You know, sometimes if you don't have the correct pieces to play a back three, don't play it. Go back to a back four. People know how to play that a bit better. You know, with James Collins defending a wide area, that is always going to go a little bit wrong from time to time. Um, and you can kind of see that with the shape, with the sort of second goal where, um, you know, naturally none of, the, none of the back three came out to meet Cristiano Ronaldo on that shot and it went in. But it was I thought it was a really interesting game. Ronaldo, though, the main man, boy, you know, first half he had two shots on goal. The second half he had seven. Really took the game to to the um, the Welsh. But it was good to see him come to the ball. It was something that we mentioned on the T- on the TFR Live event that he needed to be on the ball a lot more. One, it was his teammates' responsibility to get him on the ball, but also it was his responsibility to come and get the ball. And his movement was a lot better in the second half. He was picking up the ball in better areas. But I do feel really sorry for Gareth Bale. He was awesome in the first 30 minutes of the game. Did very well to get down the, the flanks, both the left-hand side and the right-hand side. And then um, put some pretty good balls across. Again, Aaron Ramsey could have finished those off. You know, Andy King is a good player, a functional player, but he doesn't have that composure that um, Aaron Ramsey has. You know, if Aaron Ramsey was playing today, it would have been a different game. But also with Ben Davis, I think that was a massive, massive miss. But credit to Portugal. They've been a... Very sticky team, you'd say. They play like four central midfielders, and they've just been very hard to break down. And again, if they come up against the Germany team in the final, they've got all, you know, they've got enough chance to win that game if they can keep this the work rate in midfield with those four midfields, four central midfielders sort of shuttling to left to right, forcing Germany out wide, um, and then blocking it off into the middle um, when in the final third. You know, they could go on to win the tournament. An incredible achievement for a team that's only won one game in ninety minutes. An incredible achievement, of course, for Wales as well. 
Lawrence to get to the semi final mm. in the first place. Tonight, you know, they did struggle to create, and uh, Gareth Bale sort of faded from the game. But at the same time, they finished top of their group, which no one expected. They beat Northern Ireland, and then they beat Belgium, one of the favourites for the tournament. So, although, as I said, the fairy tale is over, uh, it was an incredible achievement to get to this stage. I don't even know if the fairy tale's done for them at this point. I mean, obviously, tournament wise, it is, but I think there was, there was some extremely emotional people there talking about you know, the, the journey that this squad's been on and together what Chris Coleman's done with, you know, what most people were worried about after um, the the things that happened with Gary Speed and the sadness around that. And I think that was something that really drove this squad forward. So there's a really bittersweet feeling to it that they've achieved a lot and under a man who continued and built upon uh, another guy's initial work. And then at the same time, Obviously, they'll have felt that this was maybe their one chance of the time to be able to actually win the competition. And then when that didn't happen in the end, you know, obviously, the, you know, the, there's there's despair. But I think Wales are incredibly uh, excited to maybe feel that they're, you know, that this was even the, a possibility in the first place. But I guess that that's the problem for them is how much further can they go in another tournament? You know, it's difficult to really top that sort of thing. Yeah, this, um, this is their first major international tournament at all to get to the semi-finals is just you know it's almost surreal um i think it is a bit surreal for some of those guys i think it's definitely surreal for a lot of the fans i think a lot of people revert to cliche when it gets to that point but i think the you know because they kind of go down the route of well you know we never thought we'd get here etc and it, it's all oh, that's all true and that you know obviously there's no resentment for that but it's you know i think a lot of people also uh you know they felt that the real story was somewhere else in this and actually what they found was that you know the real story which was in Gary Speed and what he left behind, I think achieved much more than anyone else had expected they probably could. And what of Ronaldo, Dave? I mean, you mentioned him there. He sort of has had somewhat of an indifferent tournament so far. Uh, obviously, on the TFR livestream, I was sort of comparing him with Messi, who just three weeks ago was having an incredible Copa America. People were sort of slating Ronaldo for being so ineffectual in the group stages. The tables have turned now. Messi has got a suspended sentence for, for tax evasion today, and Ronaldo has sort of inspired his team to the final of Euro 2016. Well, I think first with Messi, obviously, again, it's showing that potentially sports stars are above the law, which is, is quite sad in its own right. But let's, let's talk about the positives. That's Cristiano Ronaldo. Seems to love the European Championships. Um, no players scored more goals at the final in his History, obviously tying with um, Platini's great record of scoring nine goals at the final. He's been directly involved in 14 goals at the Euros since 2004. That is a whopping six more than any other player. Fabregas and Schweinsteiger are joint second on eight goals plus assists. But he really showed up today in the big game. He's had a very poor tournament. Um, turned up against Hungary then, has been, has been missing chances. There's been a few balls that have come over his left shoulder and he's miskicked it. But today he was very, very good. And he turned up in that second half and really changed the game. And it was sort of the Ronaldo of old, the Ronaldo that mate was making things happen. Not the Real Madrid Ronaldo that's scoring the tap-ins, that's becoming this goal scorer. It was the Ronaldo that was driving at people, that was making that was changing the momentum of the game and really uh, forcing Wales into you know, making those defensive decisions. Again, Joe Allen picking up that booking in the first half very early on was a bit silly and potentially cost um, Wales that um, solidity in front of the back four, knowing him being on a yellow card. No, potentially he'll be pulling out of tackles. Mentally, that's a big, big thing. So, yeah, again, Ronaldo really turned up today. Talk of him... Winning the Ballon d'Or already, Dave. If you can inspire them to the to the championship itself, we'll have to have to wait and see. Now, you think Germany are going through? Um, it feels like though they won't want to face, uh, especially Ronaldo, the form he's on. They, he's coming to form at the right time. It feels like. 
It does, yeah. But then if you look at the, the German back back two, the back four, they, they've, they've played very well in this tournament as a unit. And um, Sami Kadir is going to be a big miss, actually, because he's been breaking up the play quite nice next to next to Tony Cruz, who's been dictating. So it will be Schweinsteiger, Cruz um, for, for tomorrow's game. That's been reported in the press. Again, they're just going to have to deal with Ronaldo, but I do think that midfield diamond is going to cause Germany a bit of problem playing through the middle. So I think Germany have got to go with two natural wide players in Julian Draxler and Leroy Sana, get mm. Thomas Muller up front and look to go on the outside of the um, the Portuguese fullbacks. That's where you can isolate them. If they can manage to get past the diamond, so break the diamond and get a 2v1 on those fullbacks, that's where Germany are going to come up. You, you saw that great inside run um, from Jonas Hector to create the goal against Italy. That was brilliant. You know, that's something that Pep Guardiola works a lot with his players is that inside run. Instead of a fullback overlapping, a fullback underlapping, tactically very, very interesting. If Jonas Hector can get on that, you know, the underlap with someone like Julian Draxler stretching on that left hand side, that's what Germany need to do. They need to get the ball wide, they need to get the ball wide quickly. And then Thomas Muller's movement in there um, and potentially one of the central midfielders, probably Bastian Schweinsteiger, joining him in the penalty area because you'd imagine Mezit to be sitting off or even you know if the ball's down the right hand side with Leroy Sana, Julian Draxler getting on the back post that's going to be key if Germany go with a false nine if they go with Mario Goethe that'll be a big big mistake because he was very very poor Germany were poor when he was playing in that position and you'd, you'd see France who will defend in a very very low block with Paul Pogba in between covering that defence that space is going to be negated so Mesut's going to find it difficult to find space and if there's another player in there another German in that space too much and I think France could could nick it on the counter-attack. You know, we saw Paul Pogba's directness with his passing straight to Olivier Giroud, to Griezmann. That will be the route to goal for France. I feel like France, well, Ronaldo himself would rather play France, surely, Lawrence. They look a little bit shaky at the back. I mean, yeah, obviously, so it would be, he's, they, they're vulnerable in the perfect position for him to run into, essentially, uh, which is between the centre-back and the full-back. And obviously, their full-backs... Uh, maybe, maybe the experience of someone like Patrice Ever would take Ronaldo off one side of the pitch... Um, I think that would be their only issue there. And obviously, you know, they've, they've got midfielders who have got a lot of energy. Uh, yeah, I, I see what you mean. Basically, he could run at the, the vulnerable part between the centre-back and the full-back and, uh, you know, attack that area. And also, but then I wonder, you know, if he actually wants to get a shot off on goal, would he be better off against a team like Germany? Uh, it depends on who's Germany and who Germany has fit for the final. Hmm. And... Um, you know how, like Dave says, how they set up midfield-wise. You know, can Kadira get back in there? Someone like that remains to be seen. Then, guys, Portugal obviously through to the final. We'll see tomorrow night if Germany or France get through. Let's move. That on is to exciting, though, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, of course. I'm hoping France go through personally because I think it'd be very exciting to see the the host nation there up against Portugal against Ronaldo, who's uh, who's all of a sudden come into form. I think that'd be very exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, some other big news today, though, Lawrence. Um, Massive. First off, what was it? Lionel Messi. Yeah. Now, if you've been living under a rock, you might not have heard this, but Lionel Messi's been handed a 21-month prison sentence for tax fraud. He's not actually going to serve time, though. That's right. the key thing to uh, yeah, You, you to did remember. have that word suspended. Yes. I prefer to, you know, add the suspended, say he's got a prison sentence, and go, hang on, it's not actually happening. So apparently in the, in the Spanish system, if you get under two years... Um, it means you don't actually have to, to serve the sentence. As you say, it's suspended. It's on probation, which is a, a kind of a strange loophole. So uh, the court in Catalonia found that Messi evaded tax uh, on image rights with more than 4 million euros 
owed in back payments. Um, but as I said, because the court sentence was less than two years and neither Messi has a criminal record, him or his father, neither will be sent to prison. Now, a lot of uproar over this, Lawrence. Um, also considering today, Oscar Pistorius got what some would call a lenient sentence. I mean, what have you, are your views on this? Because essentially, that is the system. Well, I mean, yeah, that is the system, yeah. I'm not saying um, it's right, but people are sort of saying, you know, if, if you're rich and famous, you can get away with anything. You can get away with murder, you can get away with tax evasion, it doesn't matter. Um, well, I mean, that's a tricky one, isn't it? It's, it's hardly O.J. Simpson. Um, <laughs> well, one of these cases is hardly O.J. Simpson. Um, you know, one is death of a person and the other one is tax evasion. Um, and I think tax is an incredibly complicated law, but also looks like a fairly straightforward thing. I think people in the public eye have an incredibly difficult time coping with those sort of things. Um, I do think Pistorius is in a very unique position, but that definitely doesn't figure what he does. I also think it's sort of like a lot of people uh, from the outside look at this case as a form of justice. Um, They speak of it from justice's side. I actually just think sometimes it's about protecting society. And I often just wonder, you know, are, are people better off uh, without these kind of people around, essentially. Um, it's also, I guess there's just so many different ways you can look at it. You know, so many different moral ways, moral standpoints you could take. You have to treat the two separately. Obviously, one is tax and one is, you know, literally someone's dead because of that. So I think it's probably best to separate the two. Um, I, know, I do think celebrities are in a unique position. The amount of pressure they find themselves under socially as heroes, people who are built up. I do think there's something to be said for that. I don't think it forgives any laws that they break. But I also think image rights and those sort of things are something that a lot of people are um, are struggling to make uh, laws for. However, I think that that probably just doesn't forgive either guy. And you say that uh, the difficulty is that, you know, this again, the worry would be if it sets a precedent, essentially. Um, maybe it's a wider comment on other problems that are within both those societies at the moment and how we treat men in privileged positions Neymar himself has got his own tax problems um, he's recently fined haven't we all mate well I don't know if I've, I've ever been fined 40 million pounds uh, by a Brazilian court for evading tax on, on that is a lot of that, money isn't that it? is quite a <laughs> is lot that, of money is that just because they're, they're trying to balance this uh, debt that's created by yeah. the Olympics I know the Brazilian court um, might yeah, there might be some suspicions over them but he's also got his own problems in Spain as well he's apparently um, sort of being tried uh, well investigated for avoiding 17 million dollars in tax as well so it's quite hefty so uh, much money how has he even made sums? that much money and obviously I mean ha- think of it this way if that's tax how much are you getting <laughs> paid Crazy, isn't it? Forty million. That's just, that, that's what he's been fined. It's just ridiculous. I mean, obviously, it's a higher rate. You know, that's not seventeen percent. So in some countries, you know, a higher, richer sense of taxes, maybe fifty percent on some people. But still, that means he's making a lot of money. Javier Mascherano as well received a twelve-month prison sentence, suspended, suspended um, for tax avoidance. You've really got to read that differently, haven't you, Adam? No, I prefer to read it that way. They go yeah. into jail. Oh. On probation, suspended, suspended yeah. sentence. Yeah. No one's going, <laughs> going to jail. They're not going really away be, for long. He's going to prison, in a way. Yeah, sort he's of. He's going to prison, really. metaphorically. Um, I just he's I, in a life prison. I did sort of mention it there, but I just I do find it, even though um, you know I'm a big fan of Messi um, and I've got my own problems with Ronaldo. It is 
I, I do find it quite amusing how the tables have turned. You know, they always say a week is a long time in football. As I said, three weeks ago, Messi was the star of the Copa America. Ronaldo getting slated, but then Messi misses a penalty in the in the final, losing to Chile, announces his retirement. All of a sudden, you know, this this tax avoidance uh, sentence comes in on the same day when Ronaldo just thinks, you know, well, I'm actually going to start playing now. I've decided I fancy it. Um, I do. Certain things do remain true, though, don't they? I mean, you know, Ronaldo. Uh, there are still selfish elements to his game. There are still selfish elements to Messi's game. Of course. But um, I think, you know, you look at, I know tonight Ronaldo had a very impressive performance, but even that second goal, which he's, he's going to go down as assist, it was another wayward shot, which was going wide. Um, one thing I've been having checked, tons of shots. I checked it and it's not actually, it's, got, it's not gone down as an assist. I bet it's gone he'll, down as I a, bet he'll a count as an assist. Mate. He'll count that as an assist. He'll be like, well, I did assist it. I know the official is not. Do you think it is interesting also how these guys are very much being made an example of? Um, and, you know, I think that the press and uh, certain governments do use it as a deterrent to other people. Because, you know, if you see your heroes being, you know, threatened with prison, all those other sort of things, you, you, you there's a likelihood you might assess your own situation. That's- Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. All I'm saying. Um, whereas, you know, maybe there are other people out there, hey Apple, hey Topshop, who actually don't pay tax and people are not furious over that at all. It's mm. a weird one, isn't it? Um, tax avoidance is it's a very frustrating crime and obviously very serious, but it feels, I don't want to say inevitable, but it feels like you're fighting against a an unrelenting tide you know like you say there's these massive corporations avoiding tax all these rich people the panama papers that came out recently sort of just a, a scratch the surface of what these these people are up to um it feels like depressing it's pretty much human nature when you're when you're earning hundreds upon hundreds of millions of pounds you all of a sudden want to you want to keep quite a lot of it so you do get involved in these these immoral schemes but um i'm glad to see messi got a fine i think you know would have been pretty maybe it is because he's a celebrity but it would have felt pretty extreme for for Messi to go away for a year that would have been quite a story wouldn't it Messi's literally going to jail for a year or something like that um, yeah yeah couldn't can't see that happening myself um and I think you can you can expect to see Neymar for example he'll get off with a, a slap on the wrist and a big fine 40 million pounds like Jesus Christ um, it's also I think those that the, the, the government also realized that those guys probably will make them more money out of prison than they will in. Oh, yeah. Keep them out of prison. We'll get, we'll get what we can out of them. And, uh, well, uh, well, no, I mean, also, you know, in terms of, uh, you know, if you maybe 
consider that if you know if Neymar's not on the menu at a game, are you going to lose Brazilians coming to the country, or you know, does it sort of feel in some way diplomatic the way they're there's, dealing? There's economic reasons for letting them <clears throat> avoid justice, essentially, uh, potentially. Yes, um, money is more than just money. <laughs> uh, before we finish up, guys, let's move on to, as always, a little bit of transfer news because there's been uh, some interesting developments today. First off, Dave, Manchester United finally confirming the signing of Henrik Mkhitaryan. Four-year deal, £26 million. Are you excited? Well, yeah, I think he's, he's a big sign. He's, he's a player that Manchester United need a right, for mi- right midfielder that is going to play you know more on the wing than what we've seen when Mata comes into that space a bit too much comes towards the ball McTillian's will come to the ball will pick it up will turn get running at people but it'll add pace into United attack that really lacked that last season um, in terms of a player what he is he's he's just he's, he's probably like a he's a wide creative midfielder you'd say that um, does cross the ball quite a lot but very very good at cutting the ball back very good at beating his man 1v1 and on the break is where he really explodes. You know, you saw the relationship we had with the Bebianga Marco Royce last season in the Bundesliga. It was absolutely awesome. Uh, just a little stat to round off. Manchester United scored 49 goals in the Premier League last season. Zlatan Ibrahimovic and Mick Tyrion scored 49 goals between them in their own respective leagues. Goals uh, have come. Mourinho's come. Baye's come. Now we just need Paul Pogba and we'll win the league. Paul Pogba. That, that's all it is. That's all it's going to take, is it? And then you're champions. That is it. Simple, mate. Simple. Bloody hell. Um, there you have it, guys. Let us know what you think of uh, Mictarian at on Twitter, at the front free. Let us know what you think he's a good signing, whether Pogba is essentially going to win them the league. Um, another interesting bit of news. Um, Manchester City have made a £35 million bid for Leonardo Benucci, um, one of the best defenders in the world, Dave, wouldn't you say? <laughs> Highly rated. Overrated, you say, Adam? Overrated, mate. Highly rated. <laughs> Um, Pep Guardiola himself. Now everyone's everyone's decided to watch a bit of Italy and realise, well, this this fella's decent, isn't he? Um, He he isn't just a really really good centre back. He isn't just physical. He can't, you know, he's not just reading his reading of the plays really good. He's really good at tackling, but he can bring the ball out the back and hit like thirty yard laser sight pinpoint passes like Paul Scholes used to do. Yeah, Bonucci is definitely one of the best centre backs in world football right now, and is finally getting the accolade. But Juventus look like they don't want to break. Up BBC. DBC is probably we mentioned before the three best centre backs together as a unit. Um, one of the three, the best centre back units in world football. Would he go to Manchester City under Pep Guardiola? You know that could be quite a, a situation. A player would want to come right now. Gundogan, what coming out two days ago saying is in the right place right now um, in anywhere in the world of football at Manchester City under Guardiola. Benucci would absolutely explode. But I would love Mourinho to step in. Sign Benucci next to Bay or Chris Smalling. That'd be absolutely perfect. It, well, Manchester City have had a thirty-five million pound bid turned down. They're apparently ready to go back with fifty-one million pounds. Uh, Guardiola's called Benucci one of his favourite ever players. Um, wow! Now, Lawrence, as Dave said, there he, he's sort of selling Benucci there as one of the best defenders in the world. It feels like Manchester City. This is the one area where they've been lacking for a while now. They've been relying on Vincent Company for so many years, but the injury problems have let him down. Obviously, Mangala coming in hasn't been massively impressive. Otamendi has been hot and cold. This feels like the kind, the kind of signing which could transform their defence. Uh, I definitely think we'd add to the defence. I'm also, I think I'm just interested in, obviously no defender can defend alone, so he's going to need a partner. I'll be interested to see who they pair him with. Um, and I also think it's interesting to look at the idea of uh, the, the, how much Pep can, 
improve the players who are already there. Because I think, obviously, the players who are already there pretty much had a nothing season last year. They had a season where they could almost coast. And I think that must have been quite frustrating as a Man City fan because, you know, the motor, uh, or maybe, you know, incredibly hopeful because you sort of think, well, you know, if these guys are doing this and they're just coasting, imagine what they can do if they actually put some slash any effort in. Um, so, yeah, I think that, that that's incredibly exciting. Spending 51 million on a defender. That would make him the most expensive defender of all time. Just yes, one, million, exactly. one million pounds more than uh, David Luiz, of course. Of course. And he, you know, has gone from strength to strength. Uh, since since coasting to PSG, yeah. I think it was lovely. It, it wasn't. I I was disappointed that he went to PSG. Um, you know, I know he he was he wanted to be with uh, Thiago, and um, you know there was there were some great offers made to him. And you know, who wouldn't want to make money during their career? But you know, there are times where you sort of think, I'd like to see you at a side where you mean something. The you know, second most defensive, second most expensive defender of all time. I should say. Any guesses? At the moment, mm, Rio, uh, Eliakim Mangala, um, wow, cost forty-two million pounds. You are fucking kidding! Me. Is that what she cost? <laughs> the Guardian is saying forty-two million pounds, and I, I feel the urge to check that because it doesn't feel right. I feel like that's. I mean, if the Guardian say it, surely that's right. What about uh, yeah, surely how much not. was Rio? Thirty-five. It was. It was forty-two million pounds. Eliakim Mangala. What the hell? Jesus Christ! Makes sense. That I mean, you know, uh, the, the next one was Rio. Rio's 30-odd million. Um, and then you're sort of looking down uh, at Lillian Turam, who was, was 30-odd million. Thiago Silva as well. Yeah, man, Carlos, 42 million. My God. How much was Thiago Silva? Uh, he was 31, I believe, 32, something like that. That sounds like such a steal now. Yeah, nowadays, yeah. Just uh, just four years after he joined BSG. That does sound, sound like Speaking of which, the team he came from, AC Milan, have been sold to a Chinese consortium. So, um, Ooh. so much for xenophobia. That's where all their, their money's going to come from, isn't it? That's where they're trying to do this big rebuilding job. There's talk of bringing in Lukaku, bringing in Higuain. They're going to spend big, bring the players in. They've got themselves a new yeah, manager. Lines. That's where the problem in your team is. <laughs> it's definitely up front. That is the main it's definitely goals. problem for yeah, you. It's definitely goals. Yeah. Get yeah. Dida back. Yeah, why not? He, he, oh, everyone loves Dida. Everyone loves Dida. I love Dida. He, every now and again, you see a picture of him and he still looks almost exactly like Dida looked, you know, <laughs> 10 years ago. In his prime. Um, other bit of transfer news. What about Alexandra Lacazette, guys, to Arsenal? This one in the Telegraph. And they're finally perhaps going to add that striker. They missed out all those years ago on Luis Suarez. They missed out on Karim Benzema. Higuain may be too expensive now. What do you make of this one, Dave? Because it feels like, you know, they have missed out on those prime targets over the years. Some suggestion Wenger's not 100% sold on Lacazette. Maybe they're almost selling that. They need to bring someone in. I think they definitely do. I think they... They need to do something. Wenger needs to move now. He's he's taking too long. You know, he's seen the, the good thing Mourinho's done. He's done all of his business. Wenger's still dilly dallying on. You know, he signed the lad from Japan. But is that what is going to change? You know, convert Arsenal into this side we all believe they could be? I don't think so. Um, I think Wenger needs to potentially go with a four four two. We've seen Lydia Giroud excel with a player near him, and I think that's what Arsenal need to do. They need to go back to that style. They need to be a bit more abrasive. They need to be like the Wenger. Uh, the side that Wenger won the league with, where they were uh, more physical, they were more compact, they defended well, but they broke with such pace. Thierry Henry, uh, Bergkamp, uh, Lundberg, that's what they need to go back to, that level of side, and they need to work together and be a team and a unit. And they definitely need to sign another centre-back, 100,000%. <laughs> do, I do feel like it's a little bit unfair to say uh, that uh, Wenger's dilly-dallying, because he has already bought Xhaka. 
And um, he does have that reputation. Well, I forgot about Jacker. To be fair, Jacker's a, Jack a very good signing, but oh, again, I mean, also not. I mean, not only that, but I, you know, I understand Mourinho is also a new manager. He's got a. He has a lot more to do with to that squad. I mean, you know, it's widely acknowledged that United squad is not well constructed, whereas actually people do seem to believe that there is a bit more of a thought and construction to that. Mourinho wants to shape this team, whereas Wenger maybe wants to tweak his side. And also, you know. Uh, you know, Mourinho maybe has a different approach, whereas Wenger, uh, you know, just because you're not buy early doesn't mean you're not buying. Do you know what I mean? And morning. not only that, but maybe maybe his targets are still away uh, on international duty or possibly not back from the break yet. So, you know, I don't know if he's dilly-dallying. Um, you know, Arsenal could come out with some more surprises. Final one for you, Lawrence. Musa Suzoko. His Great. representatives have apparently been contacted by Liverpool. Of course, now, they have. Some Liverpool fans saying, not a bad move. Some Newcastle fans laughing like a drain uh, that Liverpool would even be interested. What are your thoughts on this one? Um, I would. It's definitely. You know what the difference is here? Is it's changing what I think Liverpool would have looked at as signings and who they would have wanted to sign. There was a big difference between maybe what older Liverpool fans wanted to sign and what they thought represented their club and maybe what um, Klopp has brought in. I imagine a lot of people probably wouldn't have put Mane down as one of the first signings. I imagine they prob- probably would have put Carius there because that's maybe what they expected. Um, not play, uh, play-wise, play but maybe just as, uh, you know, what they've been used to over the last few years. I think a lot of people thought they remember when Benitez first came in who were the early signings of Luis Garcia, Xabi Alonso, um, I mean, in the end, Fernando Torres, but that was for, uh, rumoured for a very long time. And, you know, it was basically the Spanish contingent. I think Klopp seems to be um, varying maybe what Liverpool fans are uh, expecting. And so, you know, if he feels that that's a Liverpool target and that's going to improve because definitely Liverpool need to improve that midfield somehow, I'll be interested to see how he does it. Because um, he clearly has other ideas for a lot of these guys, and he's changed even just tweaking the rough positions of some of these guys. So maybe Klopp's looking at that. You know, I mean, he bought Lewandowski for ridiculously small amount. Is he going for another astute, shrewd signing? Ooh, he did indeed. Um, before we finish up, guys, um, this week's well, this tonight's podcast. There's a little bit of um, I want to say constructive criticism that Great came guy. into the show. Um, yeah. Ardy. M tweeted in yeah. saying just listen to your pod would be more credible Adam if you questioned the ridiculous claims and bizarre analysis by the other two thumbs down he said so we came back on Twitter said what what ridiculous claims are these he said how about the target how about the target men reach their prime in their mid-30s that was you a are absolutely joking do you want me to thing. write you a, a detailed analysis of target men peaking in their mid-30s well dave Come dave on, at dave. least just at least just help Ardy understand why he's such um <laughs> he made a mistake he's, he, he may have why made he's mistake, made dave. why he's made such a mistake dave Dina Tali, luca tony uh ibrahimovic miroslav closer there's so many that, that's not even with thinking about it didier drogba hit his peak later on in his career damn it peter crouch what did he matter um I mean, Dave, I think you're, I mean, I think, you know. I'm wrong though, Lawrence, I'm stupid. No, I think you're, I think, you, well, Dave, you know, don't, don't state the fucking obvious. But I think at the same time, 
what da- what Dave was saying was right. It's also that that doesn't mean I think maybe the way that he would have heard that was that um, I don't know. Therefore, they weren't good before that. Uh, people seem to think you know that players just have to be in their peak or nothing else. Uh, I don't necessarily know if I agree with that. I just um, give, yeah, I just wanted to give Dave a chance to respond to this criticism to to just yeah because a just, thumbs down is a really negative piece of feedback. Yeah, I cried myself to sleep when I when I saw that. Um, I woke up to okay. that, and I'll be I'll be honest. It's hard to wake up to negativity. Like mm, it's just nice that. to wake. Like, oh no, you know, no, it's, no, like, it's the same me, as waking up to like a good morning cried. text. People Everyone are allowed to. People are allowed to do that. You know, you, I don't just want nice platitudes. If someone's got a problem, send it in. Let us know. And we'll well, it's also it. when someone's got four followers. Diego Molito. To be fair, he said that I didn't question the ridiculous claims. You know, for example, Zlatan's 20 goals. I'm dying my hair blonde if Zlatan scores more than 20 goals, guys. That was my challenge. Yeah, but, but I think what he would rather say is, Adam, uh, you know, if you get it right in the first place, you wouldn't need to dye your hair blonde. Right. But then I guess you're putting your career on the line, aren't you? Because no one's going to be line. blonde. Putting your relationship on the line, that's for sure. I'm out if, if that happens. Um, anyway, guys, let I'm us know out. your constructive criticism, your praise, all that good stuff on Twitter at the front three. Please do leave us your iTunes review as well. There should be a little link in the description. You click that, it takes you straight to iTunes, give us a ring out of five stars, let us know why or why not uh, you're enjoying the podcast. Uh, for now, though, we're going to be back tomorrow night, obviously, after France versus Germany. For now, Lawrence, a pleasure as always. Pleasure, always mine, yours, everyone's, the whole. Dave, pleasure? Multiple pleasures. Oh, he's getting into dangerous wow. territory Dave right now. Dangerous territory. Um, he's a popular man with the ladies, old Dave, as you can tell from so the I've press. Heard. So I've heard. Um, guys, I'm a popular man with some of the, some of the girls, but, uh, you know. Uh, thank you so much for listening. On that note, I think that there's no better place to end it. Um, we'll see you tomorrow on The Front th- 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 3. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Treat mom to healthy, glowing skin with Osea's limited edition skincare sets. Osea has been making clean, seaweed-infused products for nearly 30 years. Their Golden Glow body set includes three clinically proven bestsellers for smooth, glowing skin, while the Glow & Go facial set provides spa-level results at home. Both sets come in giftable boxes with savings up to $48 and free shipping for a limited time. For 10% off your first order site-wide, go to oseamalibu.com and use code MOM.